Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Suck it. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. Coming to you from our normal normal locations at our normal well sort of our normal time about yeah, an hour earlier yeah yeah and uh we were discussing what we wanted to talk about this week and both of us had been mulling and brewing over the idea of how to uh flush out what we do here more for you and i think that comes a lot from the feedback that i got while I was on the road, and um, my experience with Anna Marie Cox, who um, does a podcast called With Friends Like These. There was a lot of feedback from people coming through my line, not only about depression and suicide, but also just about thank you. (laughs) A lot of people were thanking me and you, John, for talking about single parenthood. Um, And a lot of them were talking just about just the trials of parenthood in general. I think that these struggles that we have speak just to the universe, the universality. Is that, is that a word? Yeah, it is now. It sounds like it should be. It sounds like the universality of just parenting in general. I'm, you know, I'm now in a um, blended home and I have a partner and I don't think it has ever been more chaotic in terms of trying to manage children. Um, it's just unending and relentless. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I think most parents, even with you know a partner, can re- relate to that part of these things. And I have a puppy, so that's <laughs> just like constant hell. Right. I still can't believe you did that. I still can't believe. Oh, oh I can't either. By the way, Anna Marie told me that um, she her dog is on Prozac. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's made all the difference in the world. The dog was really, really, really anxious, and so they put, she put it on Prozac, and it really made a huge difference. Is that a thing they normally prescribe to animals? Yeah, I think it, I, I've heard about it before. Interesting. Wow. If you have an anxious dog, sometimes you can take it in and they'll medicate it. Um, Because living with an anxious dog is really, really, really hard. Um, Because you really can't talk that dog off the ledge, you know? (laughs) Oh, no, no, not really. (laughs) Wow. No, I had a friend who had an anxious dog and they had, I don't know that they ever went the medication route, but they went with like the compression Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I've heard about those. But I mean, they make them for like really basic things, like thunder, like a thunder coat. But I think they make them for broader anxiety. So yeah, so uh, my my cleaning lady, um, the cleaning person, 
including a person who comes, to, um, she comes twice a month. Uh, and when she comes through the door, Coco associates her with the vacuum. And oh, God. Coco runs and hides under my legs, under my desk. And stays there and presses her body against my legs the entire time she's in our home. She's still afraid of the vacuum. Oh, uh, she and she circles my office and then and then goes into my legs and then circles the office and goes into my legs and Wow. Um, yeah, so we were like, What what would happen if we got a Roomba? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. I have to find the YouTube video where somebody programmed a, a Roomba. If anybody doesn't know what a Roomba is, it's that little circular small device that you put on the floor and it you just press go and it vacuums. It just yeah, goes around a vacuuming the robot. Yeah, it's a vacuum robot. And there's a YouTube video out there where somebody programmed the Roomba. When it bumped into anything, it would scream in obscenity. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love a Roomba that did that. So, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of people came through to talk about um and, and they mentioned the podcast about, you know, finding a togetherness in, you know, this common struggle. And I know that there has been criticism that, uh, you know, all we do is whine about having, you know, the trials of single parenthood. But I think what we're trying to do is sort of find solace, knowing that that other people are struggling as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and I know we've touched on this before and there, there are definitely times where we, where we whine about it. Of course. And I think all parents, maybe they don't, maybe they don't whine out loud. Maybe it's just in their head and, and everybody. I mean, there's, there's just points in the day where you just bitch about certain things because it's tough. But I think a lot of times when you, when you quiet that or you don't say anything, it's because you think it's just you. But then when you hear other people having that same struggle, mm-hmm. it makes you, it just makes you feel less alone. I mean, that's why, you know, I don't even know how many episodes ago we kind of said solo solidarity, like alone together, sort of. Right. And whether those are parenting struggles or pet struggles or just in general struggles. Struggles. So I'm going to be in LA by the time this goes live, this goes live on Thursday. I'm headed to LA on Friday and I'm holding a meetup at the manufactory at the row in downtown LA at 5 PM on May 25th. And Very um, nice. I, we had to do a lot of research to figure out where to host. Cause we don't have any idea how many people will come or not. Right. Cause this isn't an official book uh, event. They really don't like doing book events in New York or LA unless you're like JK Rowling because there's a lot of driving and there's a lot of commuting involved that people right. are like, eh, I'll just buy the book somewhere. So I thought, well, if anybody wanted to, me to sign their book or just to meet up, you know, why not, you know, make myself available for that. And a woman who works, it's, it's this, it's this incredible space in downtown LA that they're, they're revitalizing the whole area it's got a lot of shops and uh, food and arts and crafts and museums and stuff like that. And uh, she sent me a Facebook message about how she works there. So I sent her a message last night and I'm like, can we go to this specific place? Can we go to the manufacturing? And uh, she's working on the details. And she says, and I, I'm sure she'll be okay with me saying this. She's just like, uh, you know, you know, I'm a single mom to a 10 year old and, 
your podcast, especially, you know, just listening to that, you've, you've given me so much comfort and in knowing, you know, that, that we aren't alone in this. This is just this complete craziness, <laughs> complete and utter like brain, brain mushiness or something like that. That's what she called it. It's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know we've, we've mentioned this before too, but it's, it's been interesting because we're what, th- are we three years old? Yeah. We, a little over three. Point? Uh-huh. Yeah. The number of people, I mean, we, there are obviously lots of single parents and lots of non-single parents that listen, but the number of people who aren't parents at all, who listen because maybe they're considering having kids, maybe, maybe they've already decided not to, and they just like this weekly confirmation of their decision that really you shouldn't. Um, but then other people who were maybe raised by single parents mm-hmm. and it's interesting for them to, you know, now as adults to get this perspective, you know, there's just such a wide variety of listeners. And over the years we've received so many either comments on social media or emails in, in addition to these comments from the book tour. And we, we read them all. We're not always great at responding to them all. And we always talk about them. And there's so many good ideas that need to be explored in greater detail. Yeah. And I think what we want to do, we'd love to have you guys send us links to articles and videos and whatever interesting thing you find online. And we'll credit you um, just about these topics that we're exploring and just uh, give you guys a more robust experience socially. Um, to round out these conversations. I think I would love to have listeners on as guests to give us their perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if the listener has something that they want promoted. Like that's why, I mean, I've known Anna Marie Cox. She ran a blog called Wonkette back in the day. It was kind of an insider's blog about Washington. She did a phenomenal job. We were talking about that, the old school days of... (laughs) of blogging and she brought me on because she she knows me but she also knew that I was promoting a book and our conversation was just it was like I was talking to a sister I would love to bring um, listeners on who have something that they want to share or promote so yeah absolutely even if they're not you know necessarily specific to parenting like it doesn't have to be if you have art if you have music if you have a book. A book. A book. <laughs> a book, yeah. And and I feel like, too, we've said, we've asked for these things in the past. So I know, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there listening who are either rolling their eyes or not really wanting to spend the time to send these because it feels like in the past maybe they haven't been heard um, or we haven't addressed them yet. And that's fair, honestly. Um, and I think we both acknowledge that right Heather because we've just there's been other things going on and we've we've remained really committed to keeping MRS up and going uh, with as much regularity as possible and we talk regularly about you know hey we got this interesting email about this possible guest or this possible topic we should really do that and then we just get caught up in you know juggling kids or deadlines for work or any number of other things. And over the last couple of weeks, we started talking about how we need to not let that keep happening. <sighs> this needs to become more of a focus because it is, it's really important to both of us and it's become really important to so many of you. And 
time to give it a, an overhaul. Yeah. I, I have, um, so I am going to Paris this summer while my kids are away and I'm going to use that time one to recover from, <laughs> cause I'm, I have to go, I'm going to LA this weekend. And then the week after that, beginning the ninth, I'm going to New York and then from New York to Chicago until the end of that week. So there's a whole week that I'm gone. Right. And then I have one week home and then I send the girls off to New York and then I go to Paris. So Paris is sort of the like recovery from the intensity of, of the last couple of months. But I also am planning to dedicate my time there to this. I'm also dedicating my time there to um, learning and figuring out how to schedule my life. And right now I can't really say, well, you know, from, you know, from 8.30 until 2, nobody gets my time except for me doing the work that I need to do. Because like, right after we record, I have somebody from the Deseret News coming over to do a podcast. And then there's another podcast that I have to be on this week. And it's a three hour long process. And then I have like two doctor's appointments. And it's like, okay, so <laughs> I think I need to read up on how to schedule life so that I have larger chunks of time to devote to work. And and podcasts and being a guest on podcast is work because I'm promoting my book. But I'm sure that somebody has solved I'm sure somebody has a bullet journal <laughs> of how <laughs> how to how to manage two children with work, you know, when when your day has to end at three o'clock sharp. So I guess what this is all about is like rededicating ourselves to figuring it out because I had a very long conversation with Cowboy. Coming down from a book tour is uh, a lot more devastating than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Not only because of the stories that were shared with me, but because, you know, there's a lot of travel. I, that This is two years of work that I just shoved into the world. And I realized and you may you may feel a little bit like this too like there's a part of me and i this is not a complaint and this is not me comparing my children to anchors but <laughs> there's a part or of me maybe it is <laughs> hold on let me have a sip of water before i say this <laughs> he was trying to get we had this really long conversation he was trying to get it out of me my frustration and i said you know i I feel like I'm chained to a radiator because I'm on constant call for those two kids. I'm on constant like alert and uh, there's so much that happens spontaneously and out of the blue and things that happen and fall out of the sky. And it's frustrating because I feel like I don't have the time that I need to reach the full potential of what I want to reach. Yeah. You're silent. <laughs> no, no. I, that's, yeah. That's, a, and it, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not an, it's not that Lexton is like a, a burden or dragging me down. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is that potential, like, and not even just me reaching that potential, but the things that I work on, like, like this podcast, like being able to, apply what I need to it when I need to apply it. Mm -hmm. 
And I think there's also that additional challenge with this where even if we both, let's just say we both manage to have an hour a day to work, to work on MRS, whether it's email or social or recording, finding that we both have the same hour right. is incredibly difficult. And then you also throw in the one hour time difference, which isn't huge, but it's huge when you're trying to regularly schedule time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we mentioned at the, at the start that we're back to our regular day and time. And it's funny because anymore, I mean, we, we do have a standing time, but I don't know, eight out of the last 10 times we've recorded, it's probably not been on Tuesday or at the same time. Right. Because there's, there's really no, there's really no regular time. We just both know that we need to, we need to find time for it sometime between Monday and Wednesday mm -hmm. and we squeeze it in. So having to juggle it around, but it comes back to, you know, how I always say that, you know, no one ever has time. You make time. It comes back to that. I think. Yeah. Like making the time to do it, which is way easier said than done, but that's ultimately what it is. And I think people can relate to that. I mean, I think people, I know I'm not alone when I look at my calendar for the week and I'm like, fuck, ah, oh. <laughs> how did this right. happen? <laughs> right. Um, Always. And it's also, but it's, it's also like, you know, you say, everyone says, well, I, I really wish I could get to the gym more often, or I wish I could read more often or any number of these things. But then if you really take a step back and look at your week, like, well, I didn't, actually need to binge watch netflix for three hours i could have read for an hour gone to the gym for an hour and then done this other thing for an hour and i'm not criticizing netflix binges or how anyone spends their time the same thing applies to me i'll finish a week and think i really wish i had done that but i didn't have time but i i, I could have if i had planned it better i could have and maybe it's just hindsight in that case mm -hmm. well it's also and i'm i'm gonna just totally bring this up it's also about money oh yeah like um we have a few sponsors through our host and we're looking at other options but patreon really 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 helps us keep this up and running it keeps ryan our amazing audio person um at the go and it's not that we want to <laughs> it's not that we want this to be a cash cow we really enjoy doing this and it take it costs money to do it um, by the way, I'm packing my podcast equipment for Paris. So, Excellent. Excellent. It'll be a huge time difference. <laughs> yeah, that won't be difficult to coordinate at all. But you're going to get to hear the um, background noises of Paris, which will be amazing. Um, and I'm a morning person, so theoretically yeah. it'll be like breakfast for me, lunch for you. So that should work out. Yeah, be great. It's not that big yeah. of a time difference. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, I mean, I, you know, money is a part of it. And there's been things that I know we've talked about before where like, well, we would love to do transcripts yes. every single episode. Like that's, that's been a goal from the very beginning, but that's a cost. Right. We've talked about there, there are multiple podcasts that do video recordings. And I know that everyone would love to see us both hold up in a dark corner somewhere. <laughs> that's something we've talked about doing, but again, piecing that together and, and organizing that is a cost. And then when you look at all of that and say, 
you know, we, I mean, we both love this podcast, but we also have clients who, who pay the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, it's not necessarily making time. It's saying, well, I have time and I can do this thing for a client that pays me or this thing that I'm really passionate about, but doesn't, you know, pay the, pay the bills. Right. And it's just the truth of it, but we've kept it going because we both do really enjoy it. Well, yeah, he, Cowboy asked me, he's like, you know, is the podcast worth it? And I was like, well, absolutely. absolutely. Like this, this brings me so much joy. Like this is, this is like the therapy session. I mean, I'm kind of paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But this is kind of the therapy session that, you know, my therapist now is she upped her prices. Oh my God. So I would like to go see her, but it's not really in the cards right now. So yeah, this, this helps just being able to talk through things like this. And I know hearing, hearing from people helps me work through things. And I have to, I have, there were multiple emails sent that were very encouraging about wisdom teeth. <laughs> um, like, like I think I, I have to go back and look, but I think there were like six or eight in a row that had the same subject line. And it was something like, it will be fine <laughs> just over and over and over and over. And I didn't respond to anyone because I hadn't scheduled it. And I felt like I was going to hold off until I did. And that's officially scheduled. And I just, I'm going to respond to each and every one of you who sent encouraging words because that, that really did help. Yeah. I'm still not looking forward to it <laughs> at all, but it helped. Uh, and it's like two weeks from now. So, Oh, wow. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. Wait, when is it? June 6th. Are you going to be well enough when I arrive in Chicago? Oh, I'll be there. I might be swollen and drugged up, but I will fucking be there. So news about Chicago. So I'm going to New York that Monday. I fly from New York to Chicago to speak at the Kennedy Forum on Tuesday. I speak at the Family Institute on Wednesday. And then the Family Institute is giving me an extra day in a hotel. Oh, nice. So I am trying to plan something for... So that would be the 14th of, no, 13th of June. That's a Thursday? Yeah. Okay. So we're working on something there, either a, a podcast meetup or a, a combined podcast book meetup or a book reading or like we're trying to figure that out. We will, And you and I will discuss those details. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That'll be good. It's a good time to come. And we were texting about it. It will be great because we haven't seen each other since 2016. And we won't be running a marathon that we didn't train for or I didn't train for. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be. Yeah. Ah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, we spent like our first chunk of time together sort of mentally preparing for the marathon and then ran the marathon and then collapsed the rest of our time basically dead watching donald trump stalk hillary clinton during a debate (laughs) oh that's right that is what we did oh i forgot all about that oh my god that was a bad bad year 
Oh, oh that was like a that was like a, a month, almost exactly a month before the election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. God. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, that's like a period of time that so many people don't want to remember, but here we are. Here we are with what twenty three presidential candidates for the democratic nomination come on wow i don't i felt like 2016 just in general the the pool of potential candidates was ridiculous and figured that maybe that was a fluke but no no i tell you what though like elizabeth warren is tearing it up oh yeah yeah i just we weren't really even going to cover politics here but it's so ridiculous to me because clearly there needs to be a change. But I don't know why those 23 people can't get together and figure their shit out instead of <laughs> fighting against each other for, in theory, the same cause. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand it. It's, I think it's because, and I... I think it applies to absolutely everyone, like even even Elizabeth Warren and Barack Obama. Like, there's an arrogance to it. I really want the Democratic Party to win, but I am clearly the best person to do that. Uh-huh. So I have to run. And then you have 23 people with that same attitude that are unwilling to bend or flex in any direction. We'll see through the primaries what happens. That's what I'm hoping is that that we thin everything out through the primaries. Um, I hope so. I hope so. And I, I'm pretty sure that we're safe to talk about politics here. As as everyone knows, like my whole family is very, very, very conservative. And I love them dearly and we get along very well. Um, and, you know, sometimes my mother has expressed a lot of concern about immigration in the sense that she doesn't agree with what's going on. Um, Currently? Yeah. Like okay. she's really upset about what's going on currently. My mother has expressed this. Um, they're finally sort of coming around to the idea of more affordable health care. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's uh, pretty big. They're, they're starting to say things, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Did you just eat a Democratic cookie? What's going on? <laughs> But there was a uh, there was a an Amazon comment left on my book um, by someone who said that uh, uh, this just reeks of um, white privilege and white woman privilege, and she lives in one of the least diverse states in the in the country, and she has help, and uh, she works from home, and she had it she had it all. Why why should she be so so depressed and that's the only way that she was able to do this treatment and et cetera, et cetera. And I actually commented and I said, I appreciate what you're saying. I actually wrote several pages um, that were scattered throughout the book about my white privilege and how I knew that I was extraordinarily lucky to be able to do what I was doing. But they slashed all of that out of the book. Like they were like, we are not talking. Pol-. They wouldn't even let me talk about the, the election in the book. And 
Really? They you wrote the, about it and they cut it? Oh, oh, I wrote like a I wrote a chapter about it because I was working for the nonprofit and I was relaunching their entire brand identity and website um, the same week of the election. And I was working probably 20 hour days and I had been doing that for two, two straight weeks and trying to get this website and the identity brand and cards and letterhead and all of it up and running. And then the election happened and (laughs) I thought that I was, I thought that it was in a hole. (laughs) I was just in a little bitty little puddle. (laughs) I fell into a hole. and um, Oh, yeah. That recalibrated a lot of things yeah. for a lot of people. And they slashed that entire... They're like, no, we're not We're not doing that. Because they wanted the book to reach um, as many people as possible who might be depressed, but who might disagree with my politics. And I trusted their judgment on that. Because, I mean, this is this wasn't supposed to be a political you know, manifesto it was supposed to be, you know, a description of what it feels like to feel this way. Right. Yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't know what the comment said specifically, but even if all of that were true, like that you're really out of touch and really privileged and don't realize, even if it were, the whole point of that was to bring attention to this treatment, to bring attention to depression and treatment-resistant depression, and the fact that there's work being done out there and to open eyes about that. So, like, and none of that would change, right? Right. Like, that's still there. And if, if all that book served to do was to educate someone and say, well, this is out there, this work is being done, and that's amazing, then that's fantastic. Well, I guess there's also the component of if I'm that depressed and I have the opportunity to do this and for my kids to have, you know, a happy mother again, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I participate in it? Um, if, right. if I had the opportunity, I would want anyone who was in my position to have that opportunity just for the sake, just for the sake of those girls. Yeah. And your position is and has always been that this sh- that getting that kind of health care, whether it's trial or not, shouldn't be a privilege. Right. Like it's it it shouldn't. 
it shouldn't matter. We do live in a country where it does, but that's not how it should be. And that's not like what you advocate for. Right. It's very weird. Oh, and, you know, I've, I've faced that criticism before. The woman who interviewed me for Vox, um, I think I mentioned, so Vox, V-O-X, uh, the online magazine, she was 12 when I began blogging. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and <laughs> she, made a, she made a point about, she was just like, Heather never recognized her privilege as a tall, blonde, white woman in her success until 2014. Like she went, she made a point about saying that. And I explained to her, uh, my whole relationship with Kelly, Kelly Wickham, who was a guest on our show, how Kelly, like I was terrified to write about privilege and race because I didn't know how to. I was extraordinarily afraid as a white woman to talk about it because at the time I thought as a white woman, I needed to shut up when Kelly was like, no, 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 you don't shut up. Like, we want you talking about this. I would say that my not talking about it up until that point was fear. The fear of doing it wrong. And that's when Kelly said to me, Heather, when have you ever done anything right? <laughs> right. But that article pointed that out as like, she as a negative. Yeah, as a, right. as a, as a huge negative. Um. She was like, she, she was fact checking and she's like, I went back through all of your archives and you never talked about your privilege until I think it was like 2014. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, a, it was a big, like it was, this is a big thing. This is not a small topic of conversation at all. <laughs> but she just, it was a one liner in the piece. And a lot of people clung to that. I don't know, like, that's another thing about, you know, press is being reduced to certain lines. In a, in, a, in a journalist piece about you. Right. That's a weird reality. <laughs> it's, but that, I think, I feel like that is a, that mentality has kind of, for me, been an issue, especially, I mean, we were just talking about politics, but especially since the election, as you get these people, for example, who were maybe duped by Trump and voted for Trump and you know a year after that realized oh shit that was that was a mistake mm -hmm. like I, I see things differently now I've become more educated on these things I really shouldn't have done that and they voice that and so many people are quick to jump on them and say well fuck you because you voted for him so you, you really have no right to say anything fuck off mm -hmm. like you're somehow you can't change your opinion or change the way you do things like doing so is almost worse than remaining the same. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that discourages people from doing that. So in your case, you know, you didn't really know how to approach it. So you didn't. And then Kelly came into your life and you started to see things differently and you started to really directly approach that. Right. And instead of so many people saying, well, that's, that's great. Yeah. Maybe I wish she had done it sooner, but I'm really glad she's doing it. People just get angry that it took you that long. Yeah. And it, I feel like it just, it makes people like you or people who voted for Trump then kind of turn around and, and give the finger and be like, fine, then I'm going to go back to how I was, which 
defeats the purpose. Yeah, I think also an example, well, in my mind, I thought, well, my expertise is writing about a parenthood and my life and what it is like to live, you know, with these kids here in Utah being a former Mormon. Like, I thought that was my expertise and that's where I should write. Like, that's what I could write about. And then as the talk of privilege and the talk of race in America became um, much more vivid and much more upfront, um, that's when I started to rethink things. And Kelly was, of course, a huge, huge catalyst for that. There's a politician here in Salt Lake, a conservative politician, who um, I believe his daughter is, um, is uh, he, he basically realized within the last few years that she's a lesbian. And his right. views on LGBTQIA rights has completely changed because of that. And yes, it took him having that personal experience with a change, but he changed. And do we discount that? Right. That should be celebrated. Like, yes, maybe he should have held that view longer. We wish he had. But he holds it now. And we're quick to say, well, oh, it's just because now it, now it affects him. Now he now he's on board. Well, he's on board now. <laughs> right. I think that's a good thing. We act like we kind of disregard the impact of a personal experience. And mm -hmm. this is a really weird example, but I've never in my life been a dog person. I have friends with dogs. Like I see people with dogs. I, I mean, I was fine with dogs. It was fine. I fucking love my dog. Love my, I totally get it a hundred percent now completely because I've had that experience. And the only way for me to get to that point was to have that experience. Yes. And it's, it's the same thing. If you surround yourself with people who are anti LGBTQ rights and you don't know anyone in your life who fits into that category, it makes sense that your views would be anti. But then when your sphere changes, your views theoretically shift. And I think it's important to, to also realize that there are people who have who realize, oh, my son is gay, and then they disown him and hold on to their views. Yeah. So we really should celebrate the fact that people are willing to change because they don't have to. Like, you could have met Kelly Wickham, and she could have encouraged you to write more about that, and you would have been like, nah, mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. But you didn't. You know, this politician didn't stick with his views. He shifted. He shifted, yeah. And it should be celebrated and not criticized. This is this is getting really really all cozy and warm and friendly, isn't it? <laughs> that's why that's why we're shifting our approach to MRS. We're evolving. We're evolving. <laughs> Trying to. I mean, I I had a complete change of heart when it came to devices because of my personal experience with Marlo. You know, right? I I totally understand now why people are concerned <laughs> about devices i used right. to be like fuck, fuck 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 all this stupid shit about like devices who cares about who cares about no they're fine <laughs> right nope. because lita was lita was and she was fine with devices it worked out and then you realize like the other side of it and you're like oh yeah okay 
that's you know kind of problematic. I mean, all right, we had we had probably said some things that were fairly judgmental of people who homeschool. <laughs> I homeschool my son now. I I'm willing to admit that I was I was wrong or kind of had some blinders on and I now see things very differently. I still think there are probably better and worse ways to approach it, but that's just my own personal opinion, but people change. People change. Um, Theoretically, I mean honestly, I would hate to not to not change at all. Change is the only constant, right? <laughs> That's what they say. Because of the, um, because I've taken away her devices, she has become a complete outdoorsy, like <laughs> jungle master. She, she's outside all the time. She's got these. She's got a colony of snails that she's keeping in a specific part of the yard. <laughs> oh my god! Really? Yeah. She tends to them. Yes, she tends to That's them. So awesome. And then I think that she had some. I don't. I don't know if they lay eggs or if I don't know or if the larvae. For some reason, while I was gone, they did some research and they found some larvae and they planted it or did something. And she's growing snails in some way. I don't so know. She's what like yeah. fully raising her own colony here. Yeah, and she's outside like barefoot, and she comes in and she's got dirt on her face, and I love it. It's amazing. She goes to the park all the time by herself, which is about, you know, a half mile away. Yeah. It's great. It's pretty great. You know, change, I, that, that, change, that change in me going, you know what, there is a point. People have a point about these devices is, has given Marlo the outdoor experience that she probably always wanted. Oh, yeah. Wanted, but didn't ever really realize. Yeah. Or at least needed, maybe not even wanted, but like it just needed for her own brain. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I actually thought of her because I had, don't know how this hasn't come up yet. My sister's family stayed with me over the weekend, which means four children. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ten, like 10, seven-year-old twins and a f almost four-year-old and a puppy. So it was... There was a lot going on, <laughs> but two of them were, I, I don't know what you'd call like when they, like their pajamas are like a body suit that looks like an animal with a hood. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. The ones I, I don't know what they are. Yeah. One of them is a deer. I don't know what the other one is, but I, I had to take Lily for a walk and one of the, one of the seven year olds like in her, in her deer thing. <laughs> It's like, can I go? Yeah, sure. So I'm walking down the street with a dog in a sweater and a and a girl dressed like a deer. I'm like, this is this is awesome. And I immediately thought of the llama hat. <laughs> it was great. She's she she's out there just totally owning it, walking by people, yep. and it was awesome. Isn't that great? No, it totally is. It, I mean, it was not a care in the world. Like, yeah, I'm dressed like a deer. What of it? And they look comfortable as all hell. Honestly. Oh yeah. She's got a unicorn, one of those. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Um, speaking of chaos on Sunday, uh, I, <laughs> I have been furiously trying to get book plates signed and mailed. It's been a lot of work just because normally people 
normally a publisher just has just sends you the book plates and you sign your name and you send them back. But I offer to personalize them. So each one has a different message. I was furiously trying to get that done when suddenly um, Cowboy's daughter told him that she had a video due um, on Wednesday about cooking cookies with a friend a from video? her class. A video. Making oh three different kinds of cookies and it had to all be in Spanish. She had to, they had to speak in Spanish. The... <laughs> okay, that's like yeah. two huge hurdles in one project. It was pouring rain. And we were, and so we we're like scrambling to figure out how to get this help her with this video. And he remembers that his one of his best friends speaks Spanish, so he calls his friend. His friend comes over with his son, his five year old son. So it's me and Lita and Marlo and her friend comes over, um, and then Cowboy, his two children, and then his friend and his five year old son, and then uh, his daughter's friend from school and her mother. We're all in the house together. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's I, I think there are like 50 people in the house and it's pouring rain and we have to leave at a specific time to go to the motherfucking Pikachu movie. Detective? I don't know. Pikachu? Oh yeah. I don't know, but I, you know, I agreed to go because I love him and I love our family. <laughs> So how was the movie? What's your review? Well, first of all, I had no idea that that was Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith is the lead. I didn't. I know very little about that movie, honestly. It was. It was fine. It was good. You know, um, it was fine. <laughs> Going to keep it pretty neutral. Well, yeah, because I mean, we could. I mean, I have a lot more feelings about the ending of Game of Thrones than I do the Pikachu movie. <laughs> Well, I have never seen a single Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, you know. Ever. I have to say that when a series finale is bad, it kind of makes Twitter fun the next few days. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, people are pretty upset. Twitter was hysterical. Like, that was, Twitter was hysterical on Monday. I actually indulged just going through some of the memes. I just was, I was, I was on the floor laughing because it was a pretty, pretty fucking ridiculous ending. I mean, some of it was, some of it was good, but some of it was just like, oh, really? Um, and uh, yeah, I, Twitter was just hysterical. People are really, really witty. <laughs> but some people are, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like before social media, you would watch a movie or read a book you really hated, and then you would stop seeing movies with those people in them or stop reading books by that author. And that was that was what you did. But now there's like petitions to redo it, and fans are demanding a new app. Like, you know what? Just fucking deal with it. The story didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And I, I understand being really invested in something, but you're invested in something that somebody else is making. Mm -hmm. And you then take that risk that it could be shit. <laughs> right? I mean, and I'm not minimizing the disappointment, but I just, I, this idea that people are somehow entitled to a remake mm -hmm. is is crazy to me. Yeah. And, and for me, it was like, I was just like going to sit back and enjoy the witty people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Twisting, taking all sorts of, all, all sorts of the 
parts of the ending and turning it on its head and it was just so fucking funny um yeah that was i mean that was a takeaway from the weekend <laughs> after all that chaos and after going to see the pikachu movie um that's the only way that i can say it i went and saw the pikachu movie <laughs> did the kids like it yeah i think they did yeah oh good yeah so the time well spent after a spanish cooking video <laughs> I know. it was insanity it was insanity there were like 10 people in the living room and so the living room is the one place in the house where i can like writing for me is very difficult because of you know the damage that i've done to my hands so i have i need to sit at the coffee table and that's like the exact height that i need in order to write and right. I have to keep each one of these in a specific order. There's like 350 of them. I have to keep them in a specific order because they go to a very specific address because they're personalized. And I have them sitting on the coffee table and this guy's five-year-old is running around and I'm like, <gasps> Oh yeah. Anxiety. <laughs> it hasn't gone away completely. <laughs> Oh, wow. So. But they were, they stayed in order. They stayed in order. And then yesterday, I mean, I, 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 I am, you know, I'm drowning in trying to catch up because there's so much going on with kids at school, the end of the year, dance performances. And I'm drowning in trying to catch up with work after being gone for so long. And Cowboy took, Lita put all the, Pete. Why am I calling? Is it cowboy? I don't know. We'll take a poll. Just we, call him Cowboy Pete. Cowboy. <laughs> cowboy Pete. I advocate for that. Well, so, and I, I need to talk to Lita about this. Lita went through and put all of the addresses and everything into a spreadsheet for me, except that she didn't do a really good job about formatting the addresses. And okay. I gave him access to the Google document and he printed all of the addresses on envelopes because I didn't want to put this on my publisher to have to keep all of this straight because they may not may not keep all of it straight so i did a lot of work with these book plates um and so yesterday he brought home 350 envelopes and he and i and marlo and his son sat around that coffee table and folded those book plates into a piece of paper and shoved them into the right envelopes it took us two and a half hours with all four of us oh wow yeah like assembly line style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he has helped me out quite a bit with all of this. Yes. Anyway. Team effort. Team effort. Um, they're coming your way. Some of them uh, forgot to send me their addresses, and those will be coming in just a little bit because I have to. There's a second batch coming. Um, anyway, we would love to hear from you. We really would love to hear from you about links and stories and videos and what you would like to see from us and topics and engagement and, and um, guests and guests um, because this is uh, we have rededicated ourselves to this and mainly because of I mean a lot of it, the catalyst is that hearing people uh, connect with this has renewed renewed our hope in it I think um, not that we didn't have hope in it, but it's energized it. And right. so if you would um, 
You can write us stories at manicramblings.com. And you can find us online, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings, where we're trying to post a little bit more. We did, you did post something about sleeping naked. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I might be wrong about that. Oh, you, you might. Marlo sleeps naked. <laughs> if, if Marlo doesn't, then honestly, everybody she's should just probably like, just do it. She's just like, I can't stand sleeping in clothes. Get it off. Get it off. <laughs> oh, man. So. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and, and we love you actually. (laughs) I think we can honestly say that like the support that you've shown us has been phenomenal and really, 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 really appreciated. I'm going to get really teary eyed because I'm all, ha, the feedback has been really, really great. And so many people from the very beginning or people who even, I, I honestly am amazed with those of you who found us at like episode 75 and caught up. (laughs) Uh, truly, I mean, it's incredible. Hi, and Nicole. It just means so much. I'm just gonna give a shout out to Nicole again if she's still listening. Hi, Nicole. She she um randomly sends me the Brad Pitt gif where he's oh know, god popping his fists in the air. Yeah, and I always appreciate it. It brightens my day along with the pictures of your dog, of course. Oh yeah, pet photos are always welcome. Always welcome. Yeah, yeah. Although Lily is the. Um, the mascot now, I believe. She's she's pretty great. So. Uh, oh, and Patreon. You can find Patreon. us on Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash Manic Rambling. Yeah. A couple dollars a month would help. We'll go a very, very, very long way. We promise not to use it on hookers and blow. Mostly. Um, until next time, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, we yeah, are. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We are in this together. And I know that's sappy, but suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.